in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. O Lord God, be with us during this hour of prayer. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Forgive us our sins, O Lord, and through your Son, make us worthy to stand in your courts. Amen. Our scripture lesson is from the Passion History, Harmony of the Gospels. The reading is of the disciples in Gethsemane. When they had sung a hymn, Jesus went as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley, on the other side there was an olive grove, a place called Gethsemane. Jesus and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place, because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. On reaching the place, Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Pray so that you will not fall into temptation. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him and began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He withdrew about a stone's throw, knelt down, and fell on the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible with you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Not my will, but yours be done. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him, so he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, 
saying the same thing. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling on the ground. Returning to the disciples the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and elders of the people. Judas was leading them. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, he drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas approached Jesus to kiss him and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Friend, do what you came for. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? One of Jesus' companions, Simon Peter, reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. No more of this. Put your sword back into its sheath, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Do you think I cannot call on my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? Then he touched the man's ear and healed him. At that time Jesus said to the crowd, the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts preaching, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. This has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. All the disciples deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Then the detachment of soldiers, with its commander and Jewish officials, arrested Jesus. They bound him and took him away. 
Here ends the reading of the Passion History. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. By his wounds we are healed. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is the account we have just heard of the disciples in the garden, especially these words from Mark chapter 14, verses 48 through 52. Jesus responded by saying to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to capture me as you would a criminal? Day after day I was with you teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But this happened so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Then the disciples all left him and fled. A certain young man was following him, wearing just a linen cloth over his naked body. They seized him, but he left behind the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Dear fellow redeemed, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Lord, I am with you. I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. If words ever came back to haunt people and haunt them quickly, these were the words. Just a few hours earlier, they spoke these words in the warm, safe upper room in a house in Jerusalem. But now Jesus' disciples were running away in every direction, running for their lives, while the man they had promised to stand beside was bound and led away to judgment and to death. The sad fact about courage is that all too often we feel it most when we need it the least, and we feel it the least when we so desperately need it the most. Before the catastrophe in Gethsemane, the disciples had thrown had known what they were supposed to do when the time came. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Never leave him nor forsake him. But in that dark and shadowy garden, where God alone knew how many soldiers were there with torches and swords and clubs everywhere, the courage that the disciples had so strongly felt in themselves at supper time melted away. Why did their courage flee? It was because trust was abandoned. That was why the disciples ran away in the garden. They no longer had faith in Jesus. That was gone. The man had once walked across water to rescue them and had rebuked a gale-force wind when it had frightened them. But now they feared that if they would stay with him, they would be doomed. How often haven't we made boastful claims, like the disciples did, boasting of our strength and faith before others, on Facebook, in the midst of other believers, before the Lord? And also, like the disciples, hasn't our strength and faith often failed, and we've run out on our Lord? That is when we must pray. Father, forgive our fearful lack of trust. We abandon you when our faith is weakest. The disciples had never thought of themselves as cowards, nor had they considered themselves to be braggarts or blowhards. 
they really loved Jesus, and they really wanted to be his loyal followers. When they had said those things about staying with him through thick and thin, they had meant every word. How soon the disciples' boasting changed to fear and flight. The most festive night of the year, the Passover, steadily became a nightmare from the moment the meal had been set out. They had seen Jesus' sorrow, even during the supper, and had heard him once again speak of his rejection and betrayal and death. They had walked through a darkness that seemed deeper than just the night and had reached the olive grove called Gethsemane. Worn out by sorrow and worry, they fell asleep while Jesus prayed and after he had asked them to keep watch with him. Dumbfounded, they watched as one of their own number betrayed Jesus to his enemies. Confused and frightened, they ran to hide while their Lord was bound and led away to trial. Jesus had foreseen it. Again and again during his time with the disciples, he rebuked them for their weakness of faith. When storms would threaten them at sea and they would cry out in despair, he would ask them where their trust in him had gone. When some insurmountable trouble would come up, a huge crowd and no food to feed them, a disease they could not heal even with the authority and power Jesus had given them. He would ask them why they had lost their faith in him. Exasperated, he finally wondered aloud, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Just hours earlier, he had reminded them of a prophecy. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. One would betray him, another would deny him. All the others, as he put it, would fall away on account of me. It was their confusion that led them to abandon the faith they once had in Jesus. Jesus had told them exactly what was going to happen. He had been telling them for months. Christ himself had taught them again and again what he was here to do, to give his life for the sins of all people. When they, some of them anyway, had first met Jesus, John the Baptist had told them clearly, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yet somehow they still harbored ideas of an earthly king and of glory and honor in this world. The old legends and hopes about the splendors of the days of the Messiah still danced around in their heads. As they trembled in the chill night air on the Mount of Olives, deep down it was still there in them. When Jesus wouldn't lift a finger to stop the temple guards from arresting him, all the air went out of the balloon for the disciples. They ran in fear. What was Jesus doing? Why wouldn't he fight? Why didn't he summon those twelve legions of angels to defend himself from his bloodthirsty enemies? The disciples didn't know. They were scared. They lost all their hope that Jesus would make things turn out right in the end. And with their faith in him shattered, they ran in fear. It is that same lack of trust that so often results in our abandoning our Lord as well. Like the disciples, we find courage is easier to come up with when we don't really need it. We imagine 
that in the face of Satan's subtle persuasion and the world's coaxing and flattery, we will stand fast. We won't give in to any their siren songs. We will fight the good fight. We will. It's easy here in church to make promises of unwavering loyalty to Christ. It's easy during our nighttime prayers in the solitude of our bedrooms to pledge undying devotion to our Savior and King. But when push comes to shove, all our resolve can fail us. Get out from behind these walls. Get out of your house. Be forced to deal with that world of sin and temptation and see what happens. Compared to the disciples, what do we have to fear? They abandoned, the dis- abandoned Jesus to save their lives. The stakes are never high, that high for us, are they? We abandon his commands so we won't be laughed at or be thought of less highly or be unfriended on Facebook. We know what his commands require of us and what he said about the cost of discipleship, but we fail him. It's the same sad story. Our lack of trust leads to our foolish fear and falling. Instead of trusting that our good shepherd knows where he is leading us, we fear that he has taken a wrong turn. We fear that he is leading us into some place we don't want to be. It looks dark out there. It looks like it may not be pleasant. It looks as if he doesn't know what he's doing. Our trust in him melts away, and along with it dissolves all our resolve to be his true and obedient followers. Driven by foolish fears, we run away from him, like the disciples did, when our faith and trust in him grow weak. And that is why every Christian, every day, needs to pray these words, Father, increase our faith. When our trust in our Savior is at its lowest ebb, that is when our prayers must rise at fever pitch. God forbid that we should run away from him because our faith has grown weak. He has certainly done nothing to deserve such lack of confidence from us. Lord Jesus, we must pray. Teach us again the wisdom of your commandments and your leading. That is why we study the commandments, not only so that we will know what is expected of us, but also that we might marvel again at the understanding and insight of him who wrote them. As we study and think through the ways he would have us go, our foolish fears are put to rest. God knows what he is doing. Our Creator certainly knows the best paths on which to lead us, and so we truly have nothing to fear. Along with the psalmist we may pray, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. That is why we read and learn the stories in the Bible, so that we might see again and again how true it is that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Faith in God's guidance is never a mistake. Remember, for example, Moses and the people of Israel, seemingly trapped between the Egyptians and the Red Sea, murmuring about 
the hopeless place to which they had been led, until Moses told them, Do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Remember the calming voice of the Savior as he walked through the tumultuous Sea of Galilee and told his disciples, It is I, don't be afraid. He has never let down anyone who has faith in him. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. That is why we remain faithful in our use of his word and sacraments, by which he increases our faith and consequently decreases our fears. Do you sometimes fear that he may lead you into a dark and bad place and leave you in the lurch? Remember your baptism the day he claimed you through the washing of water with the word and promised you, I have cleansed you, you were mine. I will never leave you or, or forsake you. Do you fear that Jesus may not always have your best interests at heart as he leads you on a sometimes confusing and frightening path? Then come to his table as you eat his body and drink his blood. Remember the dark road he traveled alone so that he could purchase your forgiveness by his atoning sacrifice on the cross. Lord, we pray, help us trust your wisdom in all things, even if actual danger should come from our following where your son leads us. The Christian life is not a cakewalk. God has made it abundantly clear to us that troubles will plague us if we follow his guidance. As the hymn puts it, we walk in danger all the way. Lord, it was your wisdom that mapped out the route of our salvation through a path that was filled with pain and fear. You will never lead us into any place where your son has not already been and has not already conquered all that we might fear. Jesus assures us, take heart, I have overcome the world. And so, cleanse from our guilt by his blood. Dedicate us body and soul to living out the trust that he so richly deserves from us. Let us never fear that he doesn't know what's best for us when he points out to us the way for us to follow him. Let us never think that we each are better suited to figure out the best path for our lives, but let us always rely on our Savior to know and show it to us. May we follow those better examples that the disciples gave later on in their lives. Remember Jesus' final words to Peter, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. And Peter followed and the other disciples followed through danger and fear, but this time unafraid, trusting in the Lord they had once abandoned in fear and doubt. God grant that we, who so often have followed the bad example, may receive God's grace to follow the good.
we won't end now with great and eloquent promises of lifelong faithfulness. Such pride went before the disciples' downfall in the Garden of Gethsemane. No, we will end with a fervent prayer that for Jesus, our Savior's sake, our Father might give us an ever greater measure of his Holy Spirit. May he increase our faith and with it our courage. Lord God, when we face our cries, crises in our Gethsemanes, make us stand firm. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, we confess our many sins to you. So often in our fear we have abandoned our trust in your power and your loving kindness. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your unfailing love. For the sake of the shepherd whose sheep scattered when he was struck down, we pray that you would forgive our lack of faith and the sins it has caused. According to your great compassion, blot out our transgressions. Give us the grace to trust you in all things, and in this trust to live according to your commandments. Forgive us our sins, O Lord, and through your Son make us worthy to stand in your courts. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord God, all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works come from you. Give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments. Defend us also from the fear of our enemies, that we may live in peace and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.